Hello, friends. Welcome to the Relationship 411 podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. We've been married for 25 years, and we've seen the best of times, and we've seen the worst of times. We also have four awesome kids who are growing up and leaving our nest. We've loved doing this podcast, and we're excited for it to continue. We don't have it all figured out, but we do have a lot of life experiences. Since becoming a life coach, I'm so excited to share with you the tools I've learned to help you in this journey we call life. Hey friends, welcome. Um, We have a really good podcast today and it comes from one of our listeners, Ben, who asked us this question. What do we wish we would have known when we were a young couple or newlywed? And this is such a great question and I really love that he asked us this. And it's interesting. Is this going to be like a seven-part series? I mean, yeah. holy cow. We, wish, okay. I mean, we have been married 25 years. And the funny thing is, Kevin and I met, from the day we met, we got engaged after two months. And then four months later, we got married. So we knew each other for a total of six months. Jennifer would say that's mistake number one <laughs> right there. But interestingly, also, that I'm going to add is the day I met Kevin... I knew in that moment we were going to get married. That feeling that I had that day really has kept our marriage going all these years. All the times that I could have thrown in the towel but didn't, I always knew, like, no, this is this is my person. This is who I'm supposed to be married to. So, well, babe, while you're sharing that, just so I don't sound like a jerk. Thank you, babe. I, I didn't know that, but I will tell you. Don't you sound like a jerk. Um, I can remember we were dating for a little bit, and I got really scared as we were starting to. I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be like someone I could really be with, and I broke it off with you, and just I need my space. And I remember kneeling down and saying a prayer that night, and all of these words came back rushing into my mind from a prayer that I had said, you know, months earlier when I was probably feeling like really lonely and just, you know, out of a bad relationship that I wanted to find somebody that would treat me all these different ways and like kind of be the person for me, blah, blah, blah. And all of those thoughts and feelings came flooding into my mind and in my heart. And that's when I got back with you the next day. And I realized I just got scared and I knew that you were that person for me too. And it's, it's helped keep me around too here, babe. So <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad. And so, I mean, of course, we talked when we were dating, right? But sometimes I think it's nice if you are dating someone or newly married, just to have some more deeper conversations. I don't know if we did that. I know there's a lot of things that I didn't do. I just kind of thought oh, you get married and you're a stay-at-home mom. Um, A lot of things culturally and socially that I just kind of accepted as this is what you do. And so I really appreciated this because it kind of today as I was preparing for this, I kind of started thinking about things like, oh, if we would have known this, then we could have... I would have run for the hills. (laughs) No, or we could have really, you know, you learn from your trials and... So we're not going to, I'm not mad or sad that any of them happened, but. Um, so let's maybe jump in then to answer that. I'm going to say one if I can first. Yeah. And this is one we both talked about is that I think one of the first things that we would agree with is that marriage is hard. Yeah. Like it seems like that no one tells you that until after you've been married for a while. And then after we've had bumps and bruises and we talk to friends and everybody it's like, oh yeah, marriage is hard. And these are the best of marriages. You know, the people you look at and think like, 
they've got a good marriage or in our relationship, like we've got a great marriage, but it's like, no, marriage is hard. Yeah. And it takes work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's hard and it takes work, but that's probably anything worthwhile in life is that way, right? That anything worthwhile, anything worth doing well is going to take some effort and work. And that we would just say one of the things looking back that I wish someone would have told me is that we're not, this is not Disney that like, you know, all of a sudden we have this fairy tale meeting and that we meet each other and then we ride off into the sunset and it's all bliss. It's like, no, that's where the work starts. And you need to keep that going and cultivating that relationship and keep dating that person forever. And not just like, ah, we're just getting fat and lazy. And it's like, yeah, my marriage is like, whatever. It's like, no, man, you got to keep working at that. And you'll be, you'll feel happier and better in your marriage. So yeah, definitely. And I think, one. you know, a lot of marriages don't do that, which is hence the problems in our marriage. Yes, They're, that's one thing I would marriage. say is that yeah. marriage is hard. Marriage is work, but marriage is worth it. And you probably get out of it what you put into it. You know, garbage in, garbage out. You put great yeah. things in, you have some great things in your marriage then. Yeah, and I think um, the little things can become big things if you don't deal with them when they're little. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that. I just think sometimes little things that are bothering you or that are irritating or if you keep them inside and think, "Oh, I don't want to say this. I don't I don't know how to talk about it." Eventually, they're going to just kind of come out sideways, explode. You're going to just blow up one day because someone left their toothbrush out on the counter. And really that's not the issue, but it was a lot of little things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's getting the courage and having, you know, the insight to mention if something, even if you think it's not that important, eventually it could be that important. Yeah. It kind of builds up. I, I love it. Like when we see this as kids, right? Is that, I think you said this story about like when your brothers and you like are eating cereal or something like on a Saturday oh, yeah. morning, it's like, they're chewing too loud. It's like, <laughs> well, reality, that's probably not the issue. There's other underlying issues that are unresolved that that's how it's coming out. Yeah. And eventually everything that person does yeah, just annoys you and yeah. you can't irritates do anything right. you. And yeah. And so it just, it makes for a really a lose-lose situation. So if you can learn to deal with the little things that are bothering you and have the discussion about it, it's going to gain trust and you're going to build your communication skills with your spouse. Yeah. I think another one is boundaries. And a lot of oh, times yeah. I think people think, oh, boundaries, that's such a horrible thing. No, boundaries are amazing if you do it right. And really when I say boundaries, it's talking to someone what you will and won't accept about what they're doing. And I'm going to use as family. Um, Kevin and I had a lot of opportunities to have family members live with us as that's well kind, as... <laughs> that's a kind of way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I think I had the thought like, that's just what family does. Isn't that what family does? Like, I really believed that without really... I don't think Kevin and I really had the discussion about it. And we really should have had the discussion about it. And I'm not saying I regret anything... No, no, Any family member that lived with us or anything... That because we can't go in our past. Well, and also we loved it. Yeah. It's just that if we had to go back and do it differently, we probably would have said, let's create some boundaries. Yeah. So give us an example. Yeah. What are some an things we would have said? An example is, okay, so-and-so, uh, we would love for you to live with us. You know, maybe you need to do these three things or 
after one month, you need to make sure you're working on getting an apartment, a job, or whatever. This is what we expect of you. And if you don't do this, or if you're not doing these things, then we're going to ask you to leave. And you don't say it out of anger or... Or even just as simple as saying, you know what, are we planning on eating dinner together every night or not? Like, is this something that... Let's just get the boundaries out right now as to say, hey, let's eat dinner together every night when both parties agree. Or you say, no, you know what, we're just going to do Sunday dinner and we're on our own. You shouldn't feel obligated to come down and eat with us and we don't want to feel obligated to invite you. So just creating some boundaries with family would be a huge deal and you can do it in a real professional, loving way. Yeah. And it always needs to come from love. And I think with money also is another one because people... um, given money. Are you giving it with the thought you're going to get paid back? Are you having that discussion? Or you're assuming... It's a loan or a gift. Yeah, a loan or a gift. And that can cause a lot of problems if you don't have that discussion. As well as before you say, sure, you can have $1,000, it's important to discuss that with your spouse. Hey, you know, what should we do? Have the conversation as opposed to coming to your spouse saying, hey, just so you know, I told my brother I'd give him $1,000. Are you okay with that? It just puts you in a really awkward position. And talking about money, I I think something that we don't really realize, but everybody comes, for the most part, everyone comes from different circumstances with money. What does it mean to you? Some people come from households that are savers. Some people come from households that are spenders. Some people come from households that have a strict budget. Some people have no budget whatsoever. They can't even spell budget. So I think that as a new couple is to say, stepping back to say, I wish we would have said, what does money mean to us and what are we going to do with that? Because then it helps you to allocate those resources. So you're not going to go fight with one another. One person might say, well, I thought we'd just spend every nickel we have. One person's like, no, we save everything. It's like, you know, have those conversations in advance so that it doesn't have to be lose-win. Yeah, and especially I think if you end up, um, one of you is bringing in the income, but the other person is at home with the kids, not so it's like, well, this is my money. You're right. And that happens a lot too, but really discussing each of those stages in life. And obviously things change, but as much as you can like forward look into the future, that this might be an issue that comes up, how should we deal yeah, with how it? How we deal with this financially, what happens with all yeah. that? Yeah. So yeah. definitely have that a money, a money talk. Money talk. I, I'm going to tell you one that I wish I would have known. Um, and if you've listened to a previous podcast about this subject, it's the love bank concept. And if you haven't, you better go back and find the love bank. I don't know what episode <laughs> that is, but go find it. It's in the beginning. It's in the early, early days. <laughs> yeah. But I'll just tell you, I think that was such a valuable concept to learn that is that, you know what, we all have a series of deposits and withdrawals that we make into each other's life. And if I want to have an, a great marriage, I need to make sure that I'm putting these deposits into your bank that fills your cup up and makes you want to be you know, a great spouse and, and feel loved and all of that. And then that reciprocation comes back, that whole concept of love bank or the five love languages, like any of those concepts is how do we communicate with each other with love? Uh, what is your love language? Let me go speak your love language so that I can go put love bank deposits in there. I mean, that's huge. I, we learned that like years into the marriage, and and then we've I've relearned it multiple <laughs> times. But I think that that's a deal that I really believe in, and that helps you have a, a full marriage. Yeah, and another one last one with families is for Kevin and I, it has never really been an issue because we don't have family 
that we like go to Sunday dinner with. We kind of just always have done our own family. But a lot of couples, I think, get married and both of their families live near them. Yeah. And it can cause a lot of drama, a lot of issues. Well, why can't we go to my family? I want to go to your family. And we keep th- score. We've like been there 17 times. And then and- on Christmas morning, you have to go to like great grandma, grandma's house, your parents, your other grandparents, yeah. and you're exhausted. And so it's like coming up with what is your family going to do? And owning that, so when your mom says, well, why aren't you coming for Sunday dinner? You can tell her, say, hey, mom, we're going to spend Sunday dinner once a month with you, once a month with my wife or husband's family. The other two Sundays, we're going to stay and have it with our family. And just own it. And I think if you can do that, even if your mom gets upset, that's on her. That's on them. But really creating boundaries for your family because you're... When you get married, you're creating your own family. It's the beginning of your family. Yeah, and unless both of you say, Yeah, Gosh. unless you agree, you're like, heck, I don't ever want to cook a Sunday dinner. We're going to find someone's house to go to for we, Sunday dinner. That's what we do in our family. <laughs> we, do, we just bounce from cousin to aunt to whatever. Yes. And like, that's cool if that works for both of you, but it can be a source of contention if one of you feels that way and the other one doesn't. It's like, have that conversation to say, how do we view boundaries with family? Yeah. yeah. And Sunday dinner, you can... Plug in any other yeah, family vacations. Yeah. <laughs> we do we go to every soccer game, like yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah, just figure that out uh, for us. What's another one? Another one I think is something that I just didn't even do or acknowledge that I needed was self care. And mm. I think even five minutes a day, if I would have taken five minutes a day, especially when we had four little kids, you know, four kids under the age of seven. And just five me minutes or something, like a shower that I didn't have, like kids hanging, you know, watching me take a shower. Four kids <laughs> under the age of seven? Like, babe, I couldn't keep my hands off of you. That's crazy. Wow, okay. Yeah, we. I got pregnant just looking at you. I know. Um, <laughs> Anyways, but I just think sometimes you needed five minutes and sometimes like five hours or an entire day. Yeah. And I think communicating because it's almost like, Kevin would come home from work. I'm like, ah, help. But it wasn't like I was taking me time. I was like giving you two of the kids so I could take two of the kids or try to make dinner and just lots of multitasking that was just hard. Yeah, I, I think that what we've learned is the value of getting your cup filled. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it needs to be... You, you might get your cup filled like by going to a yoga class. You might get your cup filled like, I need to go have a bath um, and just check out for a little bit. I enjoy some book reading time. I need to work out. Whatever it is that fills your cup, self-care. Could be I need to get my nails done. Could yeah. be that I need to go out on a lunch with my girlfriends or I, I need a guy's night. Whatever that is to kind of fill your cup a little bit, critically important because what we've learned is if you don't have your cup filled, there is no way to go fill up all the other cups that you need with your spouse, with your children if you have them, with other people, and otherwise you're just running on fumes. So mm-hmm. the importance of self-care is critical. Yeah. And I think another one, spending a few minutes every single day connecting with your spouse and be intentional about it. So I hear so many times that people cannot, you know, oh, I don't have time to talk to my husband or whatever, or wife, we're too busy. 
But you just have to be intentional and make time, even if it's just for a few moments some days. Yeah. And then make sure you're going on date nights religiously. Get a babysitter. I don't care if every child has an activity. You find someone else to take that kid to the activity because your date night is that sacred, that important. And I think sometimes we say, oh, we're getting married. We're getting married for forever. But we treat our marriages like they're disposal and we don't even care about them. Or we're constantly looking at the future. Like we look at the eternity and kind of miss the joy along the way yeah. to get to eternity. Or we're enduring to the end. Well, that, yeah. that could be a really miserable end if you don't do anything to connect with your spouse every single day. So I, I just think finding moments and texting your spouse. And it, it really can be something super simple, but I think really just staying intentional. And if you get off track, start over again. There's yeah. always, you can keep it up. Yeah, so it's, what I hear you say is what we talked about earlier a little bit is it, it's part of the work and it's part of like other podcasts we've talked about before about treating your husband or wife like a boyfriend or girlfriend is that it, you just have to kind of keep working on those things, um, whether it's text messages or a little bit of time together and realize, gosh, you know, when you were first madly in love, like you couldn't wait to spend every second of the day with them. And then we go to like you, you get the scraps left <laughs> yeah. over, you know, whatever's left. <laughs> Five, so, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And so, again, yeah, say so to prioritize that would be yeah. a big deal. And again, to your point, it doesn't have to be that you've got hours and hours. And there are sometimes, you know, we wake up in the morning and I've got a long, busy day, but it's like, let me just cuddle with you in the morning for a few minutes and talk and just be kind of close and intimate with one another. And then you start your day and that, that might fill your cup for a little bit. Now, I can't do that every single day with you. Right. You need more than that, but that might just say, you know what, that's that's good. I, I got and I felt connected to you. So that would be a, a good thing to right. learn. Another one is I think disagreeing is healthy. Um, sometimes we get in a fight and it's like, oh my gosh, our marriage is over. What's going on? Something's gone wrong. No, nothing's gone wrong because we have two different brains, two different thoughts, two different things. And I think I remember feeling this way, like fighting is bad. But no, fighting can be healthy. It's all in how you do it. And realize we're going to have disagreements. Just because you have a fight doesn't mean that you cannot make up and things can't get better. Yeah, we had a whole podcast about that as fighting fairly or whatever. And so I, I agree that a fight doesn't I mean just don't think I knew that when we first got married. No, I, I thought, oh my gosh, we're having a fight. Oh, what's gone wrong? Nothing's gone wrong. Yeah, and, and I think that with that is a solution-based things that we're fighting is to try to think of win-win outcomes, mm -hmm. right? I, we, yeah. For a long time, we probably didn't know that. I think we looked for a long time of compromise. Yeah, You win this time, I'll win next time, or you win, and that win, which means I lose. And how many times did I lose? And you, know, you, yeah. you win all the time. As opposed to saying, let's come up with a solution as tough as it is, is that we're going to both yeah. try to win as and much as possible. And collaboration. Yeah. Have collaboration. Yeah, so to important. come up with all that. Another thing that I kind of mentioned this before in the very beginning, but kind of determine you don't have to do what was socially acceptable or what your parents oh, did yeah. or, you know, your mom always did the laundry and the grocery shopping and the cooking. <laughs> Not your mom, but my mom did that. <laughs> Anyways. Right. <laughs> But we didn't even talk about that, did we? 
No, I, I think that we just presumed that cultural norms were, I went to work, you were the stay-at-home spouse, and I was expecting you to be like Martha Stewart and yeah. whatnot, and, and you know, it was like Leave it to Beaver or something. That's what we thought, and... For those of you that are younger, like Leave It to Beaver was a show in the 50s <laughs> that was like, you know. Totally but, unrealistic. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. it's so true because I think sometimes if you don't have the discussion, you just kind of fall into these patterns. But it could be, which we have learned, Kevin loves grocery shopping. Yeah. He likes to be the grocery shopper. I'm like, okay, you grocery shop and I'll cook. He will thing- also cook too, but he doesn't love doing the laundry. I really like doing the laundry, so I'm okay with doing the laundry. And we found that, you know what, years later – you probably would have been better off having a part-time job. Yeah. A little bit as to saying, no, our society teaches that you don't work outside the home. This is your job and career. What do you mean your husband isn't providing for your family? And it had nothing to do with the financial benefit I would have gotten from a job, but the emotional, social, so many other benefits from a job would have been so good for me. So the, the short of this, that concept is... Find out what works for you in the marriage and to create that, not what you read out of a book or yeah. what you saw modeled. And you with might your have to tweak or... it from when you first get married to when you start having kids and just always have the conversation as opposed to just doing it one way and then stopping. I think the last thing we'll talk about is intimacy. And because I think sometimes people have a perception of what their sex life, like, And we believe in our church to not have sex before we get married. So I think people have these really high expectations of what sex is going to be like. And the thing I find interesting is it's like been sex, no, 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 no. And then you get married and it's a magic. Anytime you want, have sex. Yeah, we actually ingrain in you. It's like sex is bad, it's wrong, like don't do it. And also it's like you're married, swing from the chandeliers and you just do whatever you want to. And it's like... Okay, like, man, that's a hard switch to it flip is. for and some people. It is, and I think, I mean, I follow, I love Jennifer Finlayson Fife. I follow a lot of her, like, Facebook groups and stuff, and it's an issue for a lot of marriages because yeah. they had this unrealistic expectation, and they're disappointed. And, and, no, one, like, and no one talks about that, really. No. It's to say, how many times are you having sex a yeah. day or week or month or year and then all of a sudden you can start to compare and you start to think like, I bet everyone's having sex 17 times a day and we're not. <laughs> or you're like, or everyone's having sex once a week or once a day or once a year. Like you don't know. And so you kind of are wondering about that. So I think that talking to your spouse to figure out what's right for you, yeah, what's right for me. Because it doesn't matter what's right for someone else. If it's uncomfortable right. or wrong for you, you've got to figure out what is a good amount for you and figuring all that out, it, it's a new experience. Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you, I think for some people, particularly when they're newly married, you have sex. Like, babe, I'm going to be blunt honest <laughs> okay. with this. So we we got married, and we go back to our hotel room, and we had sex. And my wife's like, was that sex? And I'm like, yeah, that was sex. And And I think it's because, you know what? Like, we just kind of grew up, one, not talking about it, or you hope you figure it out, or... Whatever. Well, nowadays with the internet, like, trust me, your kids have figured it all out. (laughs) They could probably tell you some stuff about it. But I think that it's that we have to figure out what is intimacy? What does sex look like for us? What do you want to explore? Yeah. And and also, I think finding out, because I've heard this so many times, well, my husband doesn't like to cuddle or hold hands and stuff. And like, 
have that discussion about I hear that about women. Yes, or women too. Have that discussion before you get married. If that is high on your list, you're not gonna change your spouse. They're I've, not, I've heard buddies say, just so you know, like it's always the guy. They'll be like, man, my wife is so efficient. It's like, we have sex, and all of a sudden she, like, she wants to clean up and like get on with her day. And it's like, okay, it's like, man, I don't want to stay back and kind of cuddle and yeah. be together. So it's like, it doesn't have to be the guy that way. It could be the woman right. that way as well. So I just figure. Yeah, have the conversation. And you might not know everything, but you're going to know, like, do you like kissing and intimacy and snuggling and uh, holding hands. And I think if that is important to you, maybe you're not with the right person. Right. Because I guarantee you're not changing that person. I mean, that person could, if you voice your like, Hey, I wish we would hold hands more. Or I know for Kevin, it was very important that I call him not Kevin babe, or just give him a nickname. And that wasn't necessarily something that was really like normal for me, but it was important enough for you that I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. So there's certain things we can change. And I guess that's a thing too, is that we wish we would have learned is that people can change. Yeah. People definitely can change. You can figure each other out and we shouldn't press the panic button year one or year two in the marriage. That it's like, this isn't working or whatever. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, how much effort am I putting in? How much effort are you putting in? Can we figure each other out? All of that kind of stuff is to say, no, things, you know, we evolve. Right. And I think as long as you're evolving together and having the conversations and realize you're never going to get your partner to change it. It's always going to have to come from within inside you. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big deal. You said that you can't change your partner. It's one of the things I wish I would have learned. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that you've learned is to say you can't change your partner. Yeah. You can suggest things, and if they want to evolve and change, like that's great. But don't get married under the pretense that like they'll change. Or yeah. Like, well, yeah, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Right. You have to love them for who they are right now because that's who you're marrying right at that moment. Right, and, and I think the last thing that I'd say is that you know marriage is probably you love to say this, babe. It's like it's like fifty percent hard and fifty percent amazing. It's like. No, there are rough patches. Like you're going to hit rough patches. And I think that at those moments, you either pull together or you pull apart. And and I think that if you dig down deep and say, no, this means a lot to me, I'm going to pull through this together. I always talk to our kids about saying, you know, when difficult times come, you either run away from God or you run to God. And it's like, well, same thing kind of in your marriage. I say, when difficult times happen, say, do we pull together or do we pull apart? And I think that if you can live with that mindset is to say, we're going to pull together in the rough patches. Yeah, and you're going to figure it out. Yeah, you're going to figure it out. If you want more relationship tips, get on my email list, lifecoachgen2.0 at gmail.com or go to my website, relationship411podcast.com and sign up for a free consultation to get more personal help with your relationships. As always, follow us at relationship411podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours.